This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it's Monday the 12th of February. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I've never understood what's so super about that bowl. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review where we create a small but perfectly formed newspaper from the offcuts of all the ones we have in a big pile in front of us. And we do this before the world has had its second coffee. Why? Because we love you, our loyal listeners. And I know we've been banging on about the Papercut Supporters Club over the past few days, but we're going to bang on some more. If you can spare just £3 a month, then not only will you get extra stories and ad-free episodes, you'll also get that warm and fluffy feeling of knowing that your money will be spent wisely. Because your hard-earned pence will go on vital Papercuts things like settling our £600 a month newsagent bills, ensuring that all our talented young producers are paid in actual money rather than experience, and vitally on sorting out Fergus Craig's complicated croissant order, which if we get up to 500 followers, then we might do something special and support us only with you all. And if we get to 250 and we're really close to this, we're apparently going to do our first ever live Zoom. Give me a whoop for that. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just go to the notes and click on the link that says back papercutshow.com Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Bully has a thought. Unhinged Trump invites Russia to invade NATO allies if they've not paid their dues. Millenni dolls and Generation Z. Why young people are staying in and playing safe. And worst date ever. Times writers reveal their love disasters. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're hiding from the editor in the fashion cupboard. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me today is editor of Pop Bitch and rabid Fox's Crunch Creams fan, is Chris Lockery. Hi, morning. Hi. And also with us is comedian and absolute jammy dodger nut, Fergus Craig. Hi, Ferg. Hi, guys. So what have we got on the front pages today? What have you got, Chris? Well, The Telegraph is <laughs> is really playing to the base. Grant Shapps is complaining about woke culture uh, rife in the army. Woke. Apparently, yeah. Mm. Too, uh, too much caring, not enough killing for Grant Shapps. <laughs> he wants to make us a lethal force. Uh, the Guardian have got an interesting story about overseas students. So the, the headline is, Overseas students in push to clear names over English test cheating. This is... Um, they're comparing it to the post office horizon scandal. A um, number of students, about 35,000 students who were accused of cheating in English tests for their visa applications and have been deported and lost thousands in tuition fees and stuff. It's, it's a really big scandal. So they've gone for that. Uh, the I in its uh, characteristically spicy front cover, hunt braced for double budget blow this week. Um, Snoozles. Yeah. Uh, and the Times... Uh, bonus ban for water bosses who break rules. So uh, this is a campaign that they've had and um, the results are there for them. Good. Um, okay, what have you got, Berg? I've got uh, the Metro. Uh, they have Donald Trump. Unhinged. 
White House fury as ex prez claims I'd encourage Putin to invade NATO countries. Mm. The Daily Mail has the story about the Labour candidate for Rochdale who has apologised for uh, some uh, dodgy, let's call them dodgy comments he made about Israel. Uh, the headline is, so has Labour really changed? Well, the Mail would know, wouldn't they? The Sun has uh, a pretty bog-standard picture of Charles and Camilla waving outside a church. But the headline they've gone for is King's Wave of Hope. Yes, that's a very particular wave. Yeah. <laughs> it's really different from the other waves. That's his wave of hope. Uh, the Daily Mirror has uh, quite the scoop. If you remember the teenager from, uh, I guess, a, a few months ago now, Alex Batty, who was missing in France for quite some time. You know, of course, he was kidnapped and they've managed to secure an interview with him. And the headline is My New Life. And then the Daily Star has uh, the story of a football fan, a fan of Bolton Wanderers. He travelled from China 8,000 miles to see them play, but it was called, the game was called off th thanks to a waterlogged pitch. The unhappy wanderer. Poor thing. It cost him 800 quid in flights. Well, look, I feel like we should look. It was quite an exciting weekend for football, Ferg. Shall we have a look really quickly at the back pages, which is very rare for us, but there's some quite good headlines, particularly for me. Yes, I actually, <laughs> I managed to watch both games yesterday afternoon, which okay. is unusual. Um, Arsenal, of course, beat, thrashed West Ham 6-0. Mm. Uh, Man United also managed to get a win. Uh, it's a great headline. In the Daily Star, O Power of Scott Lund. Now I feel like I need to explain that. Just like all, <laughs> a little bit, like it's all, <laughs> like all good headlines. I'm going to explain this for you, Chris, and you are going to appreciate it. Scott McTominay, so that's mm -hmm. the Scott part, who yep. also happens to be Scottish, scored the winning goal. But okay. Man United's other goal was scored by uh, Rasmus Hoyland Lund. Lund. So I'm, just gonna, yep. Yep, so I'm just going to read that headline for you again. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, power of Scott, comma, Lund. Okay. Right. Happy? It's, I mean, flawless. <laughs> now, a familiar name is on the front page of the Metro and actually the Financial Times too. With the Metro, you also get a lovely picture. Yes, Donald bloody Trump is back <laughs> and has started, as ever, making headlines again, even though he's not quite the official Republican candidate for presidency yet. Chris, these are two separate stories united by one grumpy Trumpy, aren't they? What are the stories? Yeah, so the front of the Metro um, and, and the sort of big talking point of the weekend is Trump inviting Putin to uh, invade some of the uh, cheaper NATO uh, members. Yeah. Uh, this is not fully new. Trump has been banging this drum for a long time, right from his 2016 campaign, that uh, the US is paying too much he believes for NATO pulling too much weight. Uh, and that's true. They do pay significantly more than most of the other nations involved. But he's saying that um, there was an arrangement made in 2014 where all the NATO members put together this guideline saying that they should be spending about 2% of their GDP on defence. And that would be enough to keep their armed forces up and ready for action should anything happen. I think only eight, seven or eight of the 31 members have met that target. It's a guideline. So they're not compelled to do this. But Trump is is now saying, he's always been saying that he wouldn't defend 
um, any country who wasn't paying their full their full membership fee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and now he's actually actively inviting Russia to invade them, to pick them off. So um, the astonishing thing, and I know it's long past time to be astonished by anything Trump said, but the <laughs> absolute clackers on this guy. He, paying bills is something of a Donald Trump specialty. I mean, he has stiffed so many people for the 50 years mm. in all areas of his work and personal life. Um, the list of professions he has screwed over from, you know, real estate to grand piano suppliers, chandelier fitters, carpenters, plumbers, uh, his own staff at bar staff, waiters. And instead of just shelling out, which he absolutely has the funds to do, is fighting this in court. Paying so he's bill- living on freebies. Yeah, and has been for, for ages. I mean, <laughs> he's even dates from the 70s. An artist who dated him in the seventies said uh, she took a, he took her out um, and then said he'd forgotten his wallet or only had credit cards and couldn't pay in cash and then promised promised he'd pay her back the next day. She's still yet to see a single penny from that date. He is the last person who should be throwing stones on the bill paying front. I mean, uh, Biden has called him unhinged, but no, unfortunately, nobody's listening to Biden anymore. But you know, he the, the office, but John, uh, Joe Biden's office has called the remarks appalling and unhinged. But I mean, we've seen uh, this is what we're in now. Year nine of like the Trump uh, experiment. It's been mm. so long now. The, the, calling him unhinged is, hasn't worked yet. I know maybe maybe it'll work. Maybe twenty twenty four is the year this sticks. There's a weird second part to this, which um, you alluded to. Uh, the front of the Financial Times states that um, in a poll, recent poll of Americans, uh, Trump has an eleven point lead over Biden on the economy, which is mad because the economy is actually doing quite well under Joe Biden. Yeah, so Americans should be feeling that the economy is working for them. They should have a bit more money in their pocket. That that, that things are sort of going. Their growth is is doing well. So Biden has stewarded the economy fairly well. And and yet even still, they think Trump is uh, better served, which just goes to show the power of flying around on TV in a golden helicopter for so many years just makes people think you're a, a safe pair of hands money wise. Yeah. I think it's that moment from what was it a year or two ago after the invasion of Ukraine when suddenly there was massive inflation, energy mm-hmm. prices went up insanely. And that just so happened to happen under Biden's presidency. So that just logs in people's heads. Mm. It, I, it is a mental, mental situation that we're in. Like the majority of people who appear on this podcast, <laughs> I would like Joe Biden, perhaps even the totality, <laughs> I would like Joe Biden to win the next election. Yeah. Probably the majority of people who listen to this podcast. But it is insane that he is the person Mm. who's being put up to do it. It's like, are you ready for a convoluted analogy? Please. Lovely, yeah. It's like if we were a, in a big family and we were having getting ready for Christmas dinner <laughs> and there was a bear <laughs> in the kitchen mm-hmm. and we needed to get rid of the bear yeah. and our 92-year-old... <laughs> grandmother (laughs) insisted that she was the one to get rid of the bear and because we didn't want to hurt her feelings (laughs) we let her be the one to fight the bear why is like no one thinks biden is the right person i know it's he's clearly he i mean i know he's not that much older than Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is clearly way too old to be president, everything else aside. But Biden looks and sounds and acts very old. 
Get someone else. Yeah. It's really strange. I was reading the other day, Bill Clinton, who was inaugurated 30 years ago, is still currently younger. I mean, and will forever be. That's the way ages work. But he's younger than <laughs> both, that, both time of them. At time of recording. Yeah. <laughs> he's still younger. Still younger than both of them. Oh, my God. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now, in The Guardian over the weekend was a very interesting piece by Gabby Hinsliff about young people and what they're up to, or actually what they're not up to, given that the headline is Meet Generation, Stay at Home. Ferg, this is actually um, an article that stretches across all sorts of kids, meaning kids from 13 to about age 23. So that's quite an age range. What are the kids not doing? They're not going out. No, they're really not. And I'm I'm in danger of sounding very sort of like of pumping out a load of cliches about this. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're not going out. This is a global thing. In Australia, one survey found that 71% of Gen Zs, the mostly post-millennial babies now in their teens and early 20s, had cut back on going out. Mm-hmm. Concerns about reclusive youths who rarely leave their homes recently prompted South Korea's government to propose a monthly announce of $490 in an attempt to reintegrate the depressed hermit-like young. I mean, that's... That's a lot. I'm not giving my kids $490 a month just to go out. I'm sorry. If that is <laughs> if that is genuinely on the table, then yeah. that sounds like South Korea is a much better run country than this one. <laughs> if there is that, if there is a possibility that they could have nearly five hundred dollars to hand to teenagers so they could go out every month, it's yeah. an incredible long game from the teenagers. If this is what they're thinking, <laughs> yeah, exactly. have been mobilising on TikTok, being like, everybody stay indoors. <laughs> We'll wait until the economy's on the verge of collapse and then they'll pay us to get drunk. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, one basically also they found that one in three younger Britons are starting to socialise late. So they're not kind of starting earlier. And under 24s are more likely than the middle aged to support a return to COVID like restrictions to going out. So essentially, they're not going, they're not going out to the park to drink cider. They're not hanging around shopping malls. They're all, well, 13 and 14-year-old and 15-year-old boys are all staying in playing computer games. And then when people get to be students, they're not going out either. Why is this happening? I think a lot of it is to do with not having money. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, very much so. There's definitely that. And then there's the fact that it's a lot easier to stay in because of the something they're calling the World Wide Web, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's much, I mean, the web is much more sophisticated than it was when I was growing up. And I think given the option between hanging around the clock outside boots in Peterborough Queen's Case shopping centre, no mobile phones, so just sort of waiting on friends for ages. Just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal, sort of like going out when I was 13, 14. But there's also that basically in order to talk to your friends, when I was a little ass, you had to go out of the house because your mum and dad wouldn't let you hang out on your phone all the time and they could hear you because it was a landline. So in order to talk to your friends, you had to leave the house and meet them somewhere like on a bench in a park 
And obviously that doesn't have to happen now. People can talk to each other at home. So that's one of the reasons why the younger kids are not are not going out because they don't need to. So there's an idea, I think, that, you know, if you're 14 and staying in your room playing on computer games, you're being really antisocial. But actually, you're quite often socialising with your friends anyway. You're chatting to them online, you know. Yep. So it's not as antisocial as you as you might think. There's a, there's a bit about clubbing in this, isn't there, Chris? Yeah. One of the ways to go clubbing now is to not go clubbing and to watch, watch it on your phone. And I, I, mm. I noticed that bit myself because I... Um, I've increasingly been doing this and it's crept up on me. I didn't know this was the thing that the kids were doing. I figured that it was something that people in their late 30s, early 40s were doing, like me. Um, but they're watching full sets, like DJ sets online. And uh, I don't know, like Boiler Room were doing that a long time ago. I've been yeah. watching some really interesting ones coming out of uh, the book club in New York. It just can have it on while I'm doing a bit of work. or So, uh, you know, that access to that content is you still get the DJ set. You just don't experience it. That seems so VK. odd to me. I can't. I can't sorry. get it. Sorry. I, it's, been, it's been popping up on my TikTok quite a lot. Um, it's old raves from the eighties, early nineties. Yeah. And the I'm there, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> the absolute abandon with which those crowds uh, enjoyed that music is. It is another time. Is it and because the, they didn't feel like they were being filmed? Well, yes. Yeah, the comment in the comments. I've been looking at the discussions. There's mm. sort of like. Uh, there's the older people who are feeling nostalgic about it. Those were the days. And then there's younger people in the comments saying, like, why can't we have this now? Where is it? And apparently the consensus seems to be that because clubs are filled with mobile phones now, when you're dancing, there's a, a, a fear that you're going to be filmed. Anything that you do oh, in yeah. public now you could get filmed. So there's a sort of self-consciousness. And of course, if you remember going to nightclubs in your teens, there would be awkward moments. There would be times when you might lose your friends, but then you'll keep dancing. Now, of course, you'll just go into the corner and look at your phone. Yeah. Apparently what they're they're doing in Berlin, Berlin, always ahead of the game, is they're asking people to hand in their phones Quite right. At the nightclub and then take them when they leave. But I don't think you could do that in Britain, could you? The sort of chaos of yeah. drunk, drunkards <laughs> trying to yeah, like, yeah. reclaim their phones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's, a, yeah, it's inhibiting people. Also, I heard from some other young people that apparently the drugs were much stronger in those days and one pill would last a whole night. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was just like amazing. The thing I always think is quite interesting is some of the feature points out that teenagers are basically constantly kind of censured. So like there was a KFC in Kent that banned unaccompanied teenagers Mm. in the evenings and at weekends. Do you remember there was that film Minions Rise of the Gru? Do you remember (laughs) that? And then loads of teenagers would just dress up as like as Gru. It was really sweet. And they would go turn up in suits for a laugh. And then that got banned because it was, I don't know what, distressing the babies. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then in, in Cornwall beaches, have got installed CCTV to stop teenagers getting drunk, and it just seems that they're just monitored in a, a lot of ways that they weren't perhaps a few years ago. Yeah, I think that grew thing was a real example because they were saying, "Oh, you know, they're they're um they're dressing up, they're formal, but then they're going out and they're being obnoxious to people." I mean, I grew up uh, happy slapping was the big like <laughs> fear when I was growing up. People just had mobile phones and it was starting to take video. So what the teens were doing apparently were going out and just slapping people full force around the face to capture it on their phone. I can understand that being a problem, but dressing up like going to a sixth form ball to go and watch the Minions Rise of Gru. I know. It's and- sweet. And so to like come down so hard on them is... 
But also the other fact is there's no youth clubs, right? So where do teenagers go? I mean, we were just laughing. We were kind of saying, okay, you know, let's go and go on to sit on a bench, go to a park. I mean, where do you want them to go? McDonald's? I mean, that's it. There's nowhere else for them to go. And now they're talk, you know, now there's this talk about um, introducing a ban on social media. So you're even driving them out of spaces online as well. You can't that have them in park. You can't work. I mean, it's, of course it's it not. But, but it just it's indicative of this kind of, I don't know, hatred of kids <laughs> and just like not giving them anything to do and always Maybe they could read a book. I'm not being funny, but maybe they could read a book. <laughs> but once they finish the book, Ferg, who are they going to talk to about it? Well Stop. Youth book clubs, this is the thing, Youth is it? Book clubs, get them started. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. It will definitely work. Well, I just think, oh, I'm pro-teenager. <laughs> I met my girlfriend in the queue for a nightclub. Oh, excellent. Pre-smartphones. This is ideal, is We would not have spoken were there smartphones. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Now, as you know, Papercuts is the home of headlines. We are the subs sanctuary, the puns palace, the double entendres, double wide trailer. And it's Monday, so it's time for the result of Friday's Fix the Headline competition. This is where we find a great story with a not great headline and we offer it up to you, the Papercuts listeners, so that you can give that story the header it deserves. On Friday, we gave you a story from The Star, which informed us that staff at Starbucks are spreading a little love ahead of Valentine's Day by writing nice notes and poems on people's cups. The headline was Cup Full of Love, which was a bit... Ugh. We knew you could do better, and you did. On X, Kevin Roche offered whole latte love. So did Max Griffiths and Amanda Devorey Croft, to be honest. <laughs> Deep Spaceman tried with a very slightly to the point star fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Nash, the very cute cuppy love, and John oh. Penny, the rather ruder Cupid stunt in Starbucks. <laughs> On threads, Paul O'Neill gave us everything I brew, I brew it for you, although I would think that was a cup of tea, but anyway. And Burke Bellini had flattery white. But the winner <laughs> is Helen the V with Espresso Your Love. Oh. <laughs> well done, Helen. Just tell us your address and T-shirt size and a fantastic Papercuts T-shirt will be winging its way to you before you know it. And what about today, Chris? Have you got any good headlines? There's a really interesting story in the Star um, about AI. So since King Charles' cancer diagnosis, apparently there are as many as seven books that have gone on sale, e-books, that have been generated by AI that are about his diagnosis. Um, wildly um, <laughs> incorrect. The headline, uh, The King and AI. Ah, yes. But it's quite nice because written like that, I always think it looks like The King and I, which <laughs> you know, makes you makes you speak in a posh accent. So, that's quite, so it works. It's quite, quite fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's another story in the start um, about there was a face-off between a, uh, a police officer and a dog owner. The dog had a wee and the police officer immediately started screaming at them to clean up their dog piss. Uh, and the dog owner quite rightly wondering exactly how they were going to do that. Yeah, I'd be a little baffled as well. Not, probably not enough to call the papers. But anyway, um, yellow line of duty. Very good. Um, which is <laughs> nice. A good little graphic of uh, Ted Hastings as well in there. I think my favourite there was in the mirror. There's a property gone up on right move. It's being sold for um, £30,000. It's an old cannabis farm. Um, but they're actually, you know, Billing as such, usually in those um, listings, you kind of get a sense that it might have been a cannabis farm. Anyway, this is actually apparently being billed as an old cannabis farm as a selling point. Um, but the headline, incredible, 
hash in the attic. Excellent. Nice. Okay, Ferg, what do you have? All of mine are from The Sun. Uh, they've had a lot of fun with this. Taylor Swift was down in the dumps after a mid-air issue with the toilet on her private jet. <laughs> so they have a news flush. <laughs> and the headline is, look what you made me do, do. <laughs> Just Excellent. lots of fun all around. Yeah, this that. is the Taylor Swift news we need. Um, Holly Willoughby uh, has had a birthday, a superb birthday to remember communing with lions, cheetahs and tigers at a top safari park. The headline is Holly Willow Beast. Of course it is. Be a good name for um, wrestling. <laughs> Holly Willow Beast <laughs> entering the ring. Yeah, it'd be a great one. And perhaps, I don't know, will it surprise you to hear that uh, kebab fans are... Are good at sex, apparently. <laughs> According to kebab fans, right? <laughs> kebab fans are Turkish delightful in bed. <laughs> and uh, the headline is Let's Get It Donna. Ah, oh, very good. <laughs> On the front page of the Times, in preparation for the press catnip that is Valentine's Day, Remember, it's just two days away. There is a piece entitled Worst Dates Ever. So this is where the writers of the Times have described their worst dates ever. Actually, most of it is pretty dull, I have to say. But there are two dates that are quite interesting, aren't there, Chris? Mm, yeah. Let's start with Kevin. Kevin mm. Maher. Uh, so he had a date with a, uh, a manic pixie dream girl. Mm. We know the trope from uh, Hollywood. Uh, sort of kooky, a kooky lady kooky lady. Uh, they had a, a date on the beach uh, and at one point she decided it'd be fun for the two of them to just run into the sea, just have a swim, just have a spontaneous dip. Um, and so uh, it was last in the waters, you know, a stinky egg and she picked up a handful of sand and just threw it in his face to give herself a head start, <laughs> which um, incapacitated him quite badly. Uh, he ended up having to go to the pharmacist to <laughs> get uh, medication for his, uh, what is it, corneal abrasions. He needed uh, moxifloxacin. <laughs> it's always a terrible date when you end up with a prescription for a medication you can't quite pronounce at first run. <laughs> so that's pretty dreadful, pretty bad, pretty bad. Um, the standout date, I think, is from Simon Mills. Simon Mills, friend of the podcast. Of that the man pod. always delivers. Uh, he was fixed up on a date after a divorce. What doesn't seem very enthusiastic about it at the top, as he's very keen to point out, he felt like he was uh, wasting his time with this. But met up with this lady. And um, one of the things she announces during the date is that uh, during her 20 years of marriage and previous to that, she had never had sex. Not once. Not once. But since her divorce, had found herself developing um, an interest in a very particular sex act. And he doesn't explain exactly what it is. The only clue we were given... <laughs> is that she she apparently loved the sex act so much she got a personalized registration plate which makes reference to said sex act. Yeah. So it leads me to think of one of two things. It could be a BDSM thing. Yeah. But I also remember being young and there was a fable growing up again in Peterborough that, of, of someone that was driving around with a, a number plate that was NE14ABJ. Oh, very good. Anyway, he was... Uh, frightened by it, so ran off. He ran off. <laughs> Cycled yeah. off. Yeah, That's the thing. Off. I read that, and the whole thing read like a letter in the Sunday Sport. Like <laughs> it was going to get. It all read like it was going to turn into erotic fiction. Yeah. 
but then it was just a case of uh, so I said no thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's also weird because I read that piece and Simon is a very funny writer I mean you know he basically says that this lady has spent the last six months practicing intensively locally in real life serving all comers pardon the pun <laughs> at her village pub so mm. she's getting really into this whatever it is and I assumed initially that it was you know the BJ you just yeah. don't know Ferret. You don't know. A ferret. a ferret. All sorts. You don't know it because it's not named. You see, I think these and things so, can be named. <laughs> if so, I apologise for maligning Simon Mills and suggesting he ran off like a coward. If it involved a ferret, I probably would have been on my bike as well. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, th- th- these dates were quite... Yeah, well, They were all right. They were a little bit... It's like people talking about their dreams. They're yeah. kind of like your 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 date, bad date stories are sort of interesting to you and they have limited <laughs> appeal to other people unless they're properly bizarre. You see, this is what I think that the, 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 the incorrect idea about Valentine's and all this stuff is I think dates are terrible. Dates are all wrong and it's not a, it's not a good way to meet anybody. And this is why apps all fail because the best way to meet somebody is at a gig or at a festival or somewhere where you're doing something already that you're probably going to enjoy so if it all goes wrong it doesn't matter you just wander off and go but they, do, they don't fail do they because pretty much it feels like everyone who has got together with someone in the last 10 years has done it through an app it's, yeah. it's that's how it all happens now it does and that's the end of today's paper cuts thanks to chris Thank you. Thanks to Ferg. Thank you. And of course, thanks to you, lovely listeners, especially our Papercut supporters who are quite the best people out there. And because they are, they get a shout out on the show. So, Chris, who do you have? I would like to say a little thank you to a fab Alex Michelle Leons. And hi, and you are great to Cleon Warren White. <laughs> hi, and you are terrific to Dr. D.E. Jeffrey. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the mirror reveals that two actual Daleks, a gold one and a red one, have sold for £2,250, which seems like an extermigrate price to us. (laughs) (laughs) See you tomorrow. (laughs) Papercuts is written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Chris Lockery and Fergus Craig. The producer is Liam Tate, audio editor Robin Lieburn, music by Simon Williams, video production by Kieran Leslie and Jess Harpin, design by Jim Parrott, and original art by Modern Toss. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis, group editor Andrew Harrison, and executive producer Martin Boytosh. Papercuts is a Podmasters production.